everybody. This is Zach with Farm Table West, and I want to welcome you to the Food Peddlers Podcast, Episode 4. And today we have a really exciting guest for you. Um, she is a certified health coach through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York and pursuing a master's in clinical nutrition with right around a year left, and her name is Porter Corey. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Porter. How are you? Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, And today we're going to talk a little bit about how important it is for kids to get engaged with where food comes from and and different ways to to make good food, quote unquote, cool and uh, fun for kids. Because that can be a challenge sometimes, you know, because when I was growing up, certain things like uh, actually I liked vegetables when I was growing up. But like some kids think broccoli is just the devil when they're growing up, you know. So it's like, how do you make it fun for kids? Actually, it kind of reminds you of something. When I was a kid, I used to imagine broccoli as a tree, and I was oh, a T-Rex. Cool. <laughs> and it just made it fun, because I, I imagined myself as a dinosaur. And that, yeah. So those kinds of things, that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So um, so I have known you for a little, like, couple years or mm-hmm. something. And uh, I remember you were involved with that science kids group. And that's all I know as it it's called is that what it's called just the science kids? yeah it's science kids they have a lot of different programs um but the one i was involved in was um farm to fork which was really really awesome it's been going for two years this year we're going to add a little more of a a little more of a culinary um spin on things last year it was you know four-day program and then on the fourth day after we collected ingredients from all different farms for three days, the fourth day we cooked a huge meal um, for the kids and their parents. And so the kids got to learn how to chop vegetables and um, make sauces and make cheese and roll dough. Um, so it was, and they had a blast. I mean, um, it's always a little scary when you have a bunch of fifth graders holding knives, but <laughs> there was awesome supervision, and so um, it it just worked out great, and they had so much fun. Yeah, and you guys went to um, Ishwa Mesa, Shoshone River Farm, and somewhere else? Yep, to um, the dairy farm. Um, is it not Gallagher? Gallagher, Bates. George's. George's. Yeah, awesome, George's awesome, Dairy Farm. Cool. Mm-hmm. And and you you gathered uh, dairy products from them, and then produce from Shoshone, and then uh, like flowers and stuff from Ishua Mesa, right? Or yep, something. Um, you cooked with flowers. Yep. So we oh, we cool. used flowers. So they were edible flowers that we got um, from a lady named Jean, who has you know just her own little greenhouse. So we went out there. Oh. Yeah, we've switched. You know, we've used different people both years, but Ishua Mesa has been steady um, both years. <laughs> George's Dairy Farm both years, and of course Shoshone River Farms, and then. Um, with Israel Mesa, we got chickens from them, and so we made a huge salad um, with chickens, and then we used um, we made dough, uh, like a sourdough um, bread crust with goat's milk cheese and regular dairy cheese from different farms, and then put pizzas together as well. So nice, yeah, nice. yeah, of course they love that one. So did they, did they flip the dough around like the, you know, the yeah. pizza guys? They That's were throwing awesome. it. They were rolling it. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Those pizzas came out in like all different shapes. Oh was, yeah, that's yeah, so cool. Great. That's so cool. And uh, the kids had a lot of fun doing that, right? Oh they, my gosh. They probably haven't done much of that before. No, no, they yeah. haven't. And I know I didn't in fifth grade. Yeah, and they loved it. I mean, they were really, um, and the instructors and the people that you know let us come to their farms were so awesome and really got kids 
interested and connected into where their food's coming yeah. from because you know to know where your your cheese is coming from one farm and your tomatoes that you make or uh, your tomato sauce is coming from tomatoes from another and your dough's coming from an area as well it's it was just really exciting for them to make that connection and and to be able to put the ingredients together to make something delicious a pizza mm -hmm. you know it's, we didn't leave them with just salad they you accomplished something too. at the end of the yeah, day yeah, yeah it's always cool to do that yeah yep and then we also finished with um goat's milk ice cream so they nice. had pizza they had ice cream it was yeah really good that's awesome yeah it, that's really important though because like i'm thinking about it like when i was in fifth grade i had zero clue mm -hmm. like where a tomato comes from because like I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Chicago where it's like a lot more urban and stuff and there just isn't farms around there at least around here you got that yeah but it's like it that actually I probably wasn't really exposed to like farm to table concept until mm -hmm. after I graduated from college to be yeah, honest it's and, weird and most kids are kind of mainstream America too like a lot of people just are not exposed to it right and a lot of kids associate food with their favorite character or their favorite superhero or you know your minions are on this box today or yeah. you know we have Captain Crunch I mean we have you know with the different characters that come out in movies next thing you know it's on you know the next label and so that's how kids are choosing what they want to eat um, mm. and yeah it's, it's pretty um, we're pretty disconnected at this point because convenience is you know um, I mean, it really is um, an issue now. We're so busy. Kids have so many activities going on. So we really do shoot for convenience when, yeah. you know, we kind of um, lack in quality in that sense, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough, tough hill to climb. Mm -hmm. one, but we're working on it. At least. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it seems like you have a, you really love working with kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems to be a real passion for you, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Um, so how did that, where did that come from for you? How did that start? So I, um, I am one of nine grandchildren. I'm from like a huge Lebanese family back in North Carolina. So I think I just grew up, you know, really family centered and with kids. I mean, we're like stepping stone in ages. All my cousins are my best friends. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of like right in the middle of ages. So I had a lot of younger cousins. And um, and I think I just, I mean, I've just always loved kids. When I was little, I wanted to adopt. Um, I think I was also fortunately fortunate enough to travel at a really young age. And that was the first time it was to Costa Rica with a teacher of mine. And I was in second grade, and that was the first time I think I saw kids with in poverty, hmm. which was really moving to me and kind of hard for me to understand because, you know, even compared to a lot of poverty here, I mean, there it's you know a third world country, and so um, I know that really struck me. But I mean, I started babysitting when I was ten. I um, went on two medical mission trips in high school, and I volunteered in the kids group. Mm -hmm. I volunteered in, with kids at church. I've just, it's just like always something that's really been in my heart. And, and now I have three stepsons. Nice. And so, yeah, nice. it's like funny the way life works out. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm assuming like the kids seeing their joy whenever they're doing something with food or in anything you do with the kids is like really life-giving. Yes, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And um, like I said, you know, being from a big Lebanese family, we all got together every Sunday mm. for a like Thanksgiving-sized meal. I mean, my grandmother just finished her ninth cookbook and she is... Wow. Yeah, 92. She writes cookbooks? Yep, she does. Holy she, cow. It's amazing. I mean, she starts... She would start cooking for these big... Um, <laughs> you know, Sunday lunches on like a Tuesday and make yeah. grape leaves of like, you know, three different variations and tabbouleh and stuffed squash and um, eggplant, just, I mean, loads of food. And we'd all come together and I think I just, because of that, I mean, both my parents cook. Um, my cousin's actually a chef now. Um, I mean, we've all just... Food's just a big deal. Yeah, big it's been deal. such a big deal. And, and we farm a lot too. My dad... Um, we grew up with a garden. My grandparents, like almost every tree on their property is a different um, produce and, you know, things like um, mulberries and persimmons. I mean, all sorts of fun things. And yeah. um, and so I think I just, there's so much positive um, emotion for me around food. Mm -hmm. It's like such a wonderful time to gather. And it's just, it's just so powerful how it connects us back to our planet, you know. I mean, it's just like to know that, I mean, there's this whole list of foods that look like the body parts that they're good for. And even, you know, whether that was an intentional design or not, it's just amazing. I mean, yeah. it really, you take a walnut, it's the only nut with omega-3s, and it looks like the brain, and omega-3s are good for our brain. So that's one. Um, carrots. Wow. Yep, you chop a carrot, it looks kind of like your eye, and they're packed with vitamin A, which is good for vision. So, I mean, there's like, you know, 12 or 13 of those. So wow. They're really fun. Can you, like, send me a list of that? Yes, that would be really cool. Absolutely. I never heard about that. Yeah, okay. there's, you know, the same with, like, I think it's grapes and um, our lungs. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. But that and then seeing, um, working with my stepsons, when I um, met my husband now, they were two, three, and eight, and now they're six, seven, and 12. Um, but when we met, they all had really bad eczema, so especially on the yeah. insides of their elbows. Um, the youngest one um, actually has autism, and he had, I mean, horrible eczema on his mm -hmm. back. Um, they all dealt really bad with allergies. I mean, they were taking Zyrtec, especially the middle one, every morning and every night. I mean, and he was, you know, three years old. Yeah. And so, um, so at that time, I was starting kind of my nutrition journey with education. I'd always been into it, and I was learning a lot about food allergies and just the connection. Um, so we started by taking them off dairy, because gluten and dairy are just kind of like the top two allergens. Mm -hmm. The way they're processed, the way they're produced, the way they're overly processed, uh, you know, to yield so much at this point. Yeah. Um, so we started by taking them off of those two, and their eczema just completely cleared up. I've heard um, of that a bunch of times. Oh my yeah. goodness. I mean, it was in no time, and it was stuff that we were putting lotion on. I mean, it would be peely and scaly. It was really bad. Um, and then, and just started changing their diets, started taking out a lot of grains. So, um, you know, substituting rice pancakes, because I was gluten free for almond flour pancakes or coconut flour pancakes, and um, really trying to power pack these their bodies because you think of these little kids are growing and they're you know everyone's body is constantly breaking down and repairing it's just the process of how our bodies work so you have these little kids that you know all these things are coming together to build their bodies and we're not giving them the nutrients they need yeah. to 
build themselves um, in the strongest way. So we really started swapping out their diets, most specifically with um, the youngest one who has autism. And it was unbelievable the changes that we saw in his cognitive behavior. And um, I mean, he would have meltdown after meltdown and he was starting to be way more calm. Um, and what were they eating beforehand? Like lots of cereal, processed yeah, stuff? Yeah, just and, processed foods yeah. like most kids do, you mm -hmm. know? And actually, um, a statistic just came out, I think this was in the CDC even, that 49, and this was two years ago, so I'm sure What's CDC real quick? Um, Center for Disease Control. Okay. Yep, so um, this, and like I said, two years ago, it was like 49% of the calories for children from ages 2 to 18 are considered ultra-processed. So that's about half of the wow. foods we're eating. And ultra-processed, the difference is that, I mean, bread is processed, whether it's organic or not. Yeah. You know, it's ultra, just, I know it's mean, the processing. Yeah, yeah so yeah. ultra-processed is this stuff with tons of words we can't pronounce on the back. Is or, there, like, an actual um, strict definition for ultra-processed? Like, if you have this many ingredients, is ultra-processed or... Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. I understand sure. what you mean yeah. with the difference. But. I think it's when we're, we start putting additives in, yeah. you know, because when you take wheat and you turn it into bread, you're processing it. But, yeah, it's when I think, um, you know, and don't quit me on this, mm. um, but it's at the point where we're at bringing in additives and unnatural foods sure, um, sure. or unnatural ingredients. And so, so yeah, they were eating that just like most kids are, and, and they were having all these reactions and allergies and... Um, so now, fast-forwarding to now, um, the, you know, they all love vegetables. They all, which, you know, took a lot of activities <laughs> and work and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, they are all doing wonderful. The middle child who's taking allergy medicine all the time, I mean, really never takes it. And he had a lot of food allergies, too, that he doesn't deal with anymore. Um, sure. So that that's a big plus. I mean, he was allergic to corn. Now he can eat it just fine. Um and and the youngest who was dealing with autism, he his ability to communicate. I mean, he this is his first year in kindergarten, and he has just done amazing. I mean, his teachers are really impressed Thrilled. with his progress because he has the tools that his brain is are you know that they're able to work. I mean, his brain is able to work with what he's getting, and I probably mean, has better energy levels too. Oh my gosh, too. yep, it's yeah. huge. I mean, he has to have two snacks a day. I don't know if it's you know specific to. Um, the special needs kids or if it's just kindergartners, but we, you know, put protein in those snacks. And yeah, I mean, he is just, his energy level, his mood swings, everything is just very, um, and his ability to communicate. I mean, at first he wasn't even able, I remember the first time he said moon was like when he was maybe three and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now, I mean, he is like talking in full sentences. You can't always understand everything, but he is talking so much. He's so interested in things. I mean, it has been um, just a one eighty. Oh, it's incredible! And the biggest thing was, um, it had probably been six months, and then Easter rolled around. Um, we had eliminated all processed sugar from his diet, sure. and in most sugar, I mean, he had a little honey every now and then, but. Um, our first Easter rolled around and we we're doing an Easter egg hunt and we always use, you know, like really good quality candy. You know, if it's has sugar in it, it's real sugar. It's not, right. you know, the, the junk stuff. The cane can. sugar versus the yeah. other stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, we were like, oh, well it's Easter. We'll let him, you know, do a thing and, and open Easter eggs and have some candy. 
he ended up, you know, eating a bit of candy, um, nothing outrageous at all, but his mood was unbelievable for like three days. He was so irritable. He was screaming. I mean, it was, and that was it. That was the last time. Every now and then he might have, you know, a quarter of a Justin's peanut butter cup, but I mean, I make most of his stuff. Um, but that was the last time. I mean, it, and it was unbelievable. And even now, We'll notice if he's gotten into something. I mean, how it affects his mood. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's so powerful. Yeah. We see it so much more in him. Um, and, you know, you see a lot more. I feel like. But the know, eczema alone is, an, is a huge indicator. Yeah. Here. yeah. Because if that's happening on their skin, then you can only imagine what that's doing to their digestive yeah. tract. Because they say the skin mirrors the GI tract. So if he has all this inflammation over his arm, you can only imagine that his GI is... It can't be up. good inside either. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That reminds me, uh, I got to ask, what's Halloween like? So, <laughs> I always oh ask a lot of my customers <laughs> that question because it's funny because... Like, some of them just know they will not allow their kids to have any Halloween candy. Yeah. That is, that is just a mountain of what we're, the bad stuff. Exactly. Usually. I don't think too many people are handing out Justin's peanut butter cups yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so a couple of years ago, probably the first Halloween that we were adjusting things, um, we took the older to just stay on town. And it's been windy every Halloween, so yeah. we haven't experienced the house to house yet. But um, we took the younger two, or the older two around town, and the younger, um, the middle child asked me if he could have some of his Halloween candy. And I've worked so much with education with them because it's so important. I mean, we underestimate kids' ability to learn yeah. and to know, you know, and to be aware. So I told him, you know, you know what sugar does to your body, but it's going to be your choice. So. I think he ended up having three or four pieces of candy, and he ended up with a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like, oh, my stomach. I'm like, why do you think your stomach hurts? And he says, because I ate the candy. And so then the next year rolls around, and he doesn't have any Halloween candy, and he's fine. He he wants to do the trick-or-treating, so we take him, and then he's like, okay, I don't want this. Maybe I can take it to my friends at school. Wow. Yeah. And then, That's and, incredible. And that was when he was six, and so... This year, um, we offer them, do you guys want to, we can do the same thing, trick-or-treating, or we can stay home, um, make, like, pumpkin-shaped cookies and decorate them and hand out stuff to kids. And so we did that, and I ended up getting, like, the pinata stuffers, like the little yo-yos and um, slinkies and bubbles, mm -hmm. and we handed out those instead because it's hard for me to, like, to, you know, it's such a passion of mine to you know, feed my own kids this way, that it's hard for me to be like, oh, well, it's okay. Yeah, you, you know, yeah if I just give Hershey's kisses to yeah. everybody else, it's okay. No, it's so, kids, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's why we just kind of handed out toys, and they had a blast. They loved, you know, people coming up, and they got to wear their costumes and everything. So, yeah, I think the cookies in the Halloween movie helped them. That's cool, yeah. yeah. That, and that's a challenge, because, like, it's everybody in our, uh, most people in our culture, like, that is a big deal, is going oh, to yeah. get that big pillowcase full of candy. Mm -hmm. And it's tough to say, like, no, I'm not going to do that as yeah. a parent, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a couple of my customers are super gung-ho into, again, not having that pillowcase of candy, but mm -hmm. um, they're, I'm sure they're in the minority. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. tough to, to do that in in a society where everybody else does it. But I think it's changing. I really do. In the I next think five, so, ten years, I think it's changing. Yeah, and I think so, too. And I always think, like, you know, as a parent, 
I mean, we love our kids like more than, you know, yeah. sacrifices. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. like being a stepmom, I've learned just like the sacrifices and I tell my mom, thank you. You know, because as a parent, you're like, oh, I realized what my parents did for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the sacrifices that parents put of their own lives for their children, you know, it's like we would never give our child a cigarette, like not even one puff because you're like the smoke in their lungs. But, you know, we're giving them tons of stuff just like that sack of Halloween candy loaded with high fructose corn syrup, which is the second leading cause for fatty liver disease yeah. today. And so it's like, but because it's wrapped nicely, we don't even think about it, you know? Right, anymore. it's all about the presentation. Yeah. I mean, that even applies to the healthy stuff, too. Oh, yeah. The presentation at the farmer's market is what influences people to buy it. Yeah. It look pretty. So the good thing is you can use that to your advantage as a, mm -hmm. as a business, at least. Yep, It's absolutely. getting people interested in that stuff. So very cool. Um... So it sounds like you've had some success getting your stepsons in into this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm impressed that you, your stepson said that I'm going to give this candy to my friends at school. Yeah. Like, that's unbelievable. I, I mean, you couldn't have paid me to do that yeah. as a kid. <laughs> I mean, I, and all my friends are the same way. And my mom was actually pretty good. She was like, you only have like five pieces. Yeah. And you got to store this and then eat it over six months. Mm -hmm. But uh, you obviously have had some success with that. So... I'm curious, what do you do to make like broccoli fun or, or mm. tomatoes fun or healthy stuff interesting to kids? That, that's got to be a challenge. Yeah, so that has definitely been, and it's funny because the farmer's market was a big help with that because we would go and we would practice naming the different vegetables. Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, I think education um, is so important. Like, you know, you and I were talking about once you start listening to podcasts, how much you love them because you're starting to learn and you're like, wow, you see things differently because you yeah. know things differently about them. And so I think um, education was probably the biggest one. So, you know, I've gone through the different body systems with the boys so they can name where their lungs are, where their brains are, you know, how, you know, blood sugar works. I mean, to a very, um, you know, basic um, explanation, but they know about the body and they know um, which I think is, is really important, but two, it's just been educating them on the superpowers of food. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what this is doing for you. This is how this is helping you. Do you want, um, muscles? So, okay, you want to, you want your muscles to be bigger. You're trying to run you faster. Be Superman, yeah. yeah. Let's eat a little bit more chicken tonight or, you know, let's eat this or, um, you want something that's going to help clean your blood for you and, um, make you a little healthier, then let's bring some more greens into it. Mm -hmm. So you have those ways where you're teaching them, and then you have also those ways as a parent where you're disguising things. So, yeah. you know, you take a smoothie, and um, we would do, like, coconut milk with some coconut fat in it because fat's so important. I mean, totally. 60... Totally. That's such a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, 60% of our brain is fat, and so mm -hmm. we have these little kids that are getting such little fat, or either they're getting... The um, Yeah, like the trans fat, which is human-made, which we never do things better by, you know, altering nature, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so putting, you know, putting avocados, coconut milk, and coconut fat, and, you know, a good quality protein powder, and spinach with maybe almond butter, peanut butter, and a banana, mm -hmm. and, um... And everything is basically masked besides the butter and the banana. The yeah. you know peanut butter especially is a good one, but you can put so much stuff in there without you know them having a clue that they're eating spinach. And so I always have the boys guess after I make a smoothie and they're drinking it, and they you know love them all. We've tried different things, but 
well, you know, they'll always guess, like, what's in it afterwards. And, and so I think it's just just kind of changing that perspective of food. Another big thing is um, if you're working with younger kids and you have an older sibling, it's really important because of how younger kids view the older sibling mm-hmm. is if the older sibling doesn't like something, you don't say, oh, I don't like this because automatically, like... They run the show. Yes. Yeah. Um, oldest doesn't really like mushrooms um and so he's like i don't like mushrooms so now the youngest says he doesn't like mushrooms but you know we give it to him anyways and he doesn't if he doesn't know what it is or whatever he loves it i mean the other day he's like i love mushrooms where for almost a year he's been saying he doesn't like them so sibling influence has a big deal so even having that conversation of hey we're trying to get the little ones to eat healthier if you don't like something we talk about it privately and you know we won't put it on your plate but we're trying to change the way that they're seeing it um roasted vegetables i know our seven-year-old and i guess all the boys actually love vegetables broccoli is a big one cauliflower and sweet potatoes just covered in olive oil or avocado oil and salt and then baked in the oven at like 400 and they yes. yep i was i actually made it um made a tray of that last night and then they had some chili and one of them lifts up and goes oh, is that my favorite and i was wow. like sure is yep so i wow. put some into his bowl but you know there's different ideas of eating the rainbow and um just these different ways of explaining it to them. That is what's so important. It's all about the frame. It's all yeah. about, it's, it's marketing. That's really it's, what it is. It, yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, teaching kids about vegetables and then taking them to the farmer's market and being like, okay, can you name this one? You know, and then they're like a little more familiar with it. And then mm-hmm. maybe they want to try it and you cook it multiple ways. And, yeah. um, and maybe if you're having cauliflower rice instead of regular rice, you don't tell them and then they try it and you're like, that was cauliflower. What do you think about that? You know, and then you're getting tons of vitamins and you're taking out that high carbohydrate um, food and um, you know there's even in like organic rice it increases the risk for arsenic just in the soil hmm. um, yeah brown it's rice for specifically organic rice no it's oh. it's all rice yeah but you know we think of organic as being so much better which it is right, I'm right, right. such an advocate for organic produce but you still you know run into um, with rice. The arsenic, yeah. Arsenic, yeah. I have yeah. heard about that. And, and I, most uh, grains in general have some kind of poison in them. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause, Just, yep, yeah. And they have, like, defense mechanisms because they're, you know, products of the wild where they pull yeah. like, anti-nutrients, where they pull nutrients out of your system as, like, a defense mechanism. And so, yeah, we try to do as minimal grains as possible. Or if we do bread, like last night we made sourdough pita bread and so it was you know fermented for six days and then and that's their bread option and that's beautiful that sourdough stuff yeah so good how how old are they again uh Um, boys so 12 7 and 6 now 12 7 and 6 okay Mm -hmm. i read or i don't know where i heard this i heard it or read it somewhere that i think kids within the first seven years of their life develop most of their habits for the rest of their life so it's Mm -hmm. like when you're one through seven, you're just a sponge and you just absorb mm. everything that's in your environment. So I think it's it sounds like you guys have gotten them engaged with this kind of stuff at, in that sweet spot age. Yep. And they're like into it now. Whereas like most kids, like definitely me, I was not into it at one through seven. Um, you kind of develop these habits that you kind of have to unlearn at a later stage in life. Yeah. So, so that sounds like a really 
important thing to get kids engaged with that within that sweet spot age. Yeah. What, how? I'm I'm super out of the loop. When you're seven years old, how? What grade is that? So um, <laughs> right now he's in first grade. Okay, that's yeah. First I didn't grade. know that either. Yeah, Until I, you're like I with forget, kids, you're yeah. like, is that third grade or yeah. fourth grade or kindergarten? Because when you're in that grade, it's like you don't pay attention to how old you no. are. No, it's just like yeah, we kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just heard that somewhere, and I bet you that has a lot to do with like how important it is to. And it, get kids into this stuff. It is age. because even we notice with the older one that he is his taste buds aren't quite. I mean, he'll try things, and we always like my rule is that you have to take two bites, and you can't make like a face. rose face before <laughs> you eat it. That is like <laughs> like you haven't hard. even tried it. Yeah, I'm like yeah. you have to smile when you're eating this, but you have to just take two bites, and um, and he has gotten a lot more things that he's liked. I mean, he, and he, I mean, still eats great, um, but he doesn't have quite the palate that the younger boys have, especially the seven-year-old. And and I do think that's been a big part of just, you know, eating healthier later. Um, but like I said, education is so important. And so, um, you know, paying attention if he catches a cold, okay, were you, had you been eating, you know, more sugar at a friend's house or something like that. And so, um, even if yeah, how do you deal with that? Like when they go to a, a friend's house, mm -hmm. that's all. How you can, how do you deal, navigate that? So all you can do because you don't want to, you know, have that kid that's like. I mean, I think manners are so important. So you don't want that kid that's like, no, sorry, I'm like too good. Yeah, to eat no, I'm, I'm better than this candy. Yeah. yeah. So um, with the, um, you know, with the older one, he is the one going over to friend's house more. And he does, he eats stuff that other parents make, and um, and it's sometimes stuff we wouldn't make, but I think it's just part of it. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just like, you know, I don't think you can have someone eating perfectly all the no, time. No, I totally agree. Yeah, and I don't want them to, you know, you hear those kids that, like, parents never let them drink, so then they go to college and they yeah. drink way too much. You know, I don't want them to be this, that way with sweets. Moderation. So. Yeah, moderation. Exactly. So it's just being aware, hey, you know, um, you know, you've been eating more of this, so let's balance that out and stuff. And so I think that has been helpful for them because, I mean, they eat extremely well at our house. So if they're eating stuff at friends' house, I mean, They're in the habit. Yeah, yeah. they're, yeah, and, and they know better. And I think that is the most important is because you have your kids for a certain period of time, but for the majority of their life, they're... they got to make their own Exactly. And so you want to do the best you can so that when they are off on their own, they can do the best they can. And that's why I think nutrition and stuff is so important because, I mean, we're, you know, we have, um, I work in a couple clinics now and I work with a lot of people with diabetes and obesity and, um, you know, all sorts of imbalances that could have been avoided if they learned to eat healthier as younger kids, but they didn't because their parents didn't teach mm -hmm. them. And then, you know, I mean, it's really people it's aren't... It's a vicious cycle. It is. Vicious it's a cycle. cycle. It's like, it's not even their fault. It really is a cycle because as you start learning, you're like, wow, how is this not common knowledge? I mean, it's unbelievable. But by feeding your kids healthy, even though we've had our fair shares of okay, you're not eating this for dinner, then you're going to eat it for breakfast. Like, yeah, that's not always fun. Or, oh, you don't want to eat this, so you have to go to bed. Um, but, but they have, I mean, it has changed their diets so much that I'm so confident that as they get older, they will be able to make good choices. They will avoid um, tons of diseases. And, I mean, and there's the psychological aspects that come mm -hmm. along with it, just mood instability and anxiety and ADHD and, these things that we're putting kids on for medication when 
like we said, you know, um, half of the population's diet is ultra processed. So if you're putting in these chemicals and these food dyes and all these things that aren't supposed to be in the body, why would that kid be able to pay attention all day? Yeah, of course. Why would you expect that? Exactly. Or sit still. Or if their blood sugar is going up and down, like, yeah, they're probably going to crash at some point. And so we, by giving them the best nutrition that you can, and it's work. I mean, it's like nothing worth it comes easy. You know, Mm -hmm. it really is. Um, we put a lot of effort into it. It's but, expensive too. Let's yeah. face it. I mean, it's. I know my products are, you know, roughly thirty percent more than most grocery stores, and it's just the way it has to be. But it's yeah. expensive. It's tough. It really and a Justin's is. peanut butter cup. I don't remember what those cost, but it's it's a lot more than Reese's. Than a Reese's, absolutely. Yeah. But what's really cool is that we just signed up for our um, health insurance as family because we just got married, and we um, ended up going with the um, Christian ministry. <laughs> Um, health insurance and yeah. you know you put in uh, your past years um, um, like medical visits and stuff and none of the boys have been to the doctor granted one fell and broke his arm not too long ago but besides that have been to the doctor in the past year I wow. mean they haven't had any serious you know we had one ear infection and we made you know something and and took him to the chiropractor and it was gone the next day so he never had to take anything but in that year, they haven't gone to the doctor for anything. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we're able to pay so much less for our monthly um, insurance. And so, yeah, it's yeah. expensive. But, I mean, what we pay a month compared to what you get, you know, with a deductible and then a premium and all these things. I mean, it easily That's covers incredible. our food costs. Yeah, Like that absolutely. actually, you're actually talking about how it pencils out, basically. Yes. Like you spend more on this now and you're saving money on your health insurance. I've never even thought about that. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because it's like, same with car insurance. The less you get into accidents, the lower your payments are going to be, right? Yeah. Same idea. Exactly. And and so we're really, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it is more expensive and it does take more effort. Mm-hmm. But because we've been at it for so long, we've really learned. I mean, we do tons of stuff at Costco. You know, you can buy huge things yeah. of everything, basically, at Costco. I mean, they have almond flour crackers. They have tons of vegetables. You can... Um, make stuff we make our own breads eggs you know you can great find great local egg sources that aren't really expensive and i mean you can do so much with eggs you know and so there are ways um to make it cheaper which is awesome but but it is more expensive but yeah as you pencil it out like looking at how much we'll pay this year in our health insurance is like covers yep what we spend on food for years. I oh, mean, that's so yeah, cool. It's amazing. It's that's really so awesome. cool. And I really don't think there's many people that are actually paying attention to that. You yeah. Know, that are actually like a real life example of that. Yeah, because then it's like, not only is that great for, you know, me and my husband, but mm-hmm. as the kids get older and they have a family of their own and they're... They're going to see it. Yeah. because There's I mean, actually a financial advantage to doing it this way. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you know, at that time it, it is more expensive, but you're setting them up for avoiding diseases, avoiding... Avoiding, um, you know, I mean, especially diabetes, it used to be called adult onset diabetes, but now it's type 2 because so many kids are having it. And hmm. I mean, and fatty liver is like plaguing children and all these things that we're like, these bodies haven't even finished developing and they're already being hindered so strongly. Right. And so it's like, what kind of medical bills do you think that will lead to, you know, 30, 40 years from now? Amen to that, man. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. So, what's their favorite veggie? Or fruit. Um, okay, so 
Um, the oldest one, let's see, he loves, I mean, they all love, of course, potatoes is a, you know, is a big one. You can make that one so many ways. Um, but probably broccoli and cauliflower would be his big one. Um, the middle ones would be cauliflower, absolutely. Um, but he loves mushrooms. He Okay, so yeah. he loves mushrooms and the oldest one doesn't? Yep, okay. yeah. So he is like all about them. But he like loves everything. When I ask him what his favorite vegetable is, he says everything is his favorite vegetable. <laughs> and so I don't know if that's just like good, like, like I'm telling you. Is he just my, trying to impress yeah, you? Yeah, like, he's just trying to be cool? I'm telling my yeah. parents every, you know, what, I, what they want me to tell them. But yeah, he's always like, if I was a dinosaur, as we're talking back to dinosaurs, he's like, I would be an herbivore. And I mean, <laughs> things like that. That you're just like, God, you are so funny. And then um, the youngest one, who, like I said, has autism, he used to, um, like, we would try to hide things, you know, green things in his food because he would not eat anything green. It's pretty of, easy to do. It's like surprisingly yeah. easy to do that. And a lot of um, kids with autism gravitate more to, like, um, like cream colored stuff more pale colored oh, really? foods yeah okay. and so he, and he i mean it could be like a speck and he would see it coming towards his mouth and be like nope, yes and like so refused. he's like a jedi he can sense it yes yeah. but now he eats a salad every day at school wow. with turkey um and and he eats he's the one that we're still working on mushrooms the other day he said he loved it but then when he knows we're cooking them he's like i don't like mushrooms so it's hard to say but um but he eats i mean he really likes I mean, he told me he loved peas when I put them in his lunch the other day. Um, kale. I mean, really? Yeah, kale. everything. I know. Oh, man, that's incredible. Yeah, last night I made... Um, it gives me hope for humanity, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last night, you know, I made a stir fry with, like, red cabbage and mushrooms and peppers. Oh, they all love peppers. Like, yeah. even just... Even the oldest one just taking them. And they've had Scott's peppers, I bet. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sandy, man. They're Those are, like, incredible. dipped in sugar. Yeah, they just yeah. take them raw to school and, and love them. And, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, they're just, like, eating all sorts of stuff. And so it's, it is really, and then they're excited about it. But, you know, we did have the older kid where he's like, I told a girl in my class that Doritos are bad for her. And, and I got in trouble. And I was like... You know, you know, like I know, and I, I know that that sucks that you got in trouble, but you never know. You could tell ten people that something's not good for them, and if one person listens, I mean, obviously, I'm not like go tell everyone that their food's bad for them. Like, mm-hmm. I really try not to be that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no that one wants to work. hear that. No, no, no not. You just at all. alienate people more when you do that. Exactly, you know? and it's like through empowerment and education and encouragement that you're like. Look what you're doing. You know, it's not like, oh, let's talk about everything that you need to cut out. It's like, no, let's talk about what all you this should stuff. like suggest the what to do thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. glass half full versus half empty. Exactly yeah. because you know I'm like being um, into nutrition. I'm like, you know, thirty percent nutrition and seventy percent foodie because I'm obsessed with food. I love yeah. it. It's been like my whole wow, life. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. So it's just like. You know, it's not about not eating these things. Or, I mean, you can eat so many wonderful things, and you can make everything that you would think you'd have to give up in, like, a healthier yes. way. That's that's so the true. awesome, that tastes delicious, too. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, yeah, that pizza with, you know, things you can't even read on the back. Well, you can make it this way, even um, with almond flowers or with even just an organic wheat. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, there's always kind of a, there's always a way to make something healthy taste awesome. Exactly. Yeah. There's like the good, better, best. Like, <clears throat> you know, maybe not good would be 
um, like a, a fruity, um, like a... You mean like fruit snacks? Like a fruit Fig Newton or something oh, like sure. that. Might be the not or you know a fruit flavored. Oh, there's tons of healthy versions of Fig Newton. Yeah. yeah, but then you you know you would have like your good, which would maybe be like fruit with you know in a pie with not too much sugar, and then your better would be like fruit maybe with some cream with it, and then your best would just be fruit. So there's yeah. always an option, and sometimes you can choose the best, and sometimes you're like you know what I'm gonna settle for better, and that's always okay and. Um, any step that you take forward is just like a, a way of nourishing. I mean, it's, yeah, so powerful. Amen, amen, mm -hmm. amen. Oh, I totally agree. Um, so what excites you the most about the future in your profession, working with kids or without mm -hmm. kids? Because I guess you're, you're going to be working with adults mostly, right? So in right now I work at two different clinics and I work with adults, mm -hmm. um, but then I recently joined Rocky Mountain Health Connection okay. um, and it's you know a group of therapists and I think there's actually a naturopath and a kids play therapist and you know a group of people coming together to offer services together and I um, was invited to do my practice there and I was thinking okay I work with adults so much because um, that's what you see a lot in clinics you know unless you're in a pediatric clinic you know this is the time that I really get to implement all these things that I've done with my boys that I'm like so excited about with kids mm -hmm. and so I am trying to focus this practice oh, you know of course I'd love seeing adults and would be more than happy to see adults there but all you know as much as possible working with children mm -hmm. because there's so many and I have you know created so many different activities from my experience on how to get kids into real food yeah. because it's a Obviously, challenge for parents it's not yeah. that parents are like oh i just don't want to feed my kids healthy when you have this kid that you just want to it literally eat something. is pulling teeth yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and so, so i've developed different activities and strategies working with both kids and parents so in appointments you know i prefer to have the kids in there too so i can talk to them but different take-home strategies and um activities that kid, get kids into food because sure. that's what they need is just like real the real stuff you know what i mean get their hands <clears throat> dirty man yeah get, get exactly them in the dirt and cooking the whole nine yards that's such a big deal and that's another thing is um cooking that is a huge way even if it's like you know a lot of parents are like i don't you know want my kids with knives and and i totally understand that but if you were there really you know even with our youngest kid he's um or our you gotta learn sometime man yeah our yeah. seven-year-old knows how to make his own eggs and obviously we don't ever let him cook upstairs by himself like we're always supervising yeah. him but you know, even if they've been young, if we're cooking, we'll let them crack eggs. Yeah, there's a lot of shell pulling out, you know, in the end, but they're getting into it, and, like, they're loving it. Yeah, and last night I made pita bread, and the, my youngest son, um, one with autism, he rolled pita bread with a rolling pin. Like, he was having the time of his life. He's, like, put, like, I would put it in the oven because, obviously, it's too hot, but it rises really quickly, so he would sit there and just be like, wow and then eat it i mean and he was getting to create something that then he got to try so another huge thing is like getting kids into cooking like yes. even if it's something little even if you're like hey just pick this parsley or you know peel this or or whatever just so they develop that relationship with food because that's it We're, we don't have this connection because everything's coming in a box or a bag that we forget um that yeah we're just disconnected so someone was telling me a story about a kid at the um, 
bird exhibit that they do at the museum. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, and they were trying to show that one of the birds, how quickly it can eat a mouse. So they handed a kid an orange, and they were like, okay, let's see who can eat quicker. Like, you eat this orange, or this bird, like, get this mouse. Um, And so... You know, so the timer, and they said, go. And the kid bit into the orange. And he was like, they're like, wait, are you going to peel it? And he said, oh, I haven't had an orange before. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Because wow. those are like, you think of oranges, what do you think apples. Of it? What did you think of the rind? Do you like it? Um, oh, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't imagine oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, that's a bitter flavor, man. No kidding. And yeah. so it's just like, you hear that on the most staple fruits, like oranges, bananas, and apples. Like, you know, that's like staple fruits. That that is what's happening, and mm-hmm. and it like breaks my heart a little just because because of all the benefits you get from from your an orange, you know, all the vitamin C, yeah. and they're delicious, yeah, and yeah. and so yeah, I mean we've gotten, but realistically we've gotten that far away from from food. Yeah, totally. You know what's crazy too is I think um, a lot of the stuff we're talking about with like getting kids excited about this mm-hmm. stuff and making it fun for them, it's the same kind of thing that gets adults into it too yeah. you know like uh, a lot of what we do uh, at farm table west is trying to communicate recipes and how to use these mm. weird things you know like a nubia eggplant like that's an eggplant that's got like white stripes on it it's weird oh, looking cool. you know uh it looks like something out of alice in wonderland or something <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know provide people a recipe with that or do videos where you're showing them how to cook it and it makes and now and you try to have fun with it too right. I think that's a huge part of it is like uh, if people, kids especially, if they could sense that you're having fun, they want to be around you. Exactly. You know? um, yeah. I think that's a It's like the same thing works mm-hmm. for kids and adults. Yeah. It's pretty much. So when you can bring them together, it's, yeah, it's just so awesome. And it's amazing what kids like that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't really didn't think you were going to like this. But they end up, I mean, they had, um, they went and got sushi at Dave's Sushi and, um, in Bozeman, and mm-hmm. they were eating like the seaweed salad, and wow. you're just like, oh, good, you know, good for you. But but they're more open to it. They their viewpoint on food changes, and their viewpoint on trying different foods changes too. Because you got them in there at a young age. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A good deal. And so that's why I'm um, really working to kind of get the information out there that hey, I'm here as a service to do what I can to offer parents with whatever information I can, um, so that we can get kids back to food and feeling well because even you know as we talked about there's the physical standpoint and the ADD and different you know illnesses that are um associated with being unhealthy but then we have um you know the anxiety those sort of things that as we talked about you have more you know neurotransmitter serotonin your mood stabilizing neurotransmitter produced in your gut so you Mm -hmm. want to make sure you're taking care of that but then you also have the weight issue that a lot of kids are dealing with that is very hard on their confidence and you know especially socially today when it's like i mean and i think it's getting better now with body image but i mean just to help your you know your 12 year old daughter avoid something like that of like having that type of you know anxiety that whole other can of worms to deal with you know like growing up is hard enough oh my gosh exactly so it's just like by feeding kids well and by feeding them healthy and by getting them to love food you just help them avoid so many issues on such a spectrum Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. that like 
Yeah, because that's, I mean... It, it does like, solve a lot of other little small problems. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it breaks your heart when your kid's, like, picked on in school or, yeah. you know, anything like that. I mean, it's just, like, really any pain that they have to go through. So it's such a way to to just help them have, like, their best life, which yeah. is what all parents want for their kids. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Paul. Yeah, this has been you. awesome. I really appreciate your passion i could just sense it whenever you're talking about this you're like super into it and it's contagious it gets other people excited like me um and uh hopefully anybody who's listening has gotten excited a little bit about this too i think you've got a real talent for making uh framing this stuff for kids in a way that's fun for them so i look forward to your future i'm excited about where you're going and and hopefully we could do this again sometime with video uh, once i get a fancy video camera Awesome. Um, but, um, yep. but, yeah, thank lots you of, so much. Thank you. Lots of cool uh, topics to cover, so thanks so much yeah. for having Yeah, oh, man, me. we just started. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, and uh, stay tuned for next time.